On front page with me this morning is Anne Edwards, veteran journalist and founder of media company Anne Edwards and Company, and also Parkran Krishnan, veteran journalist. Good morning, folks. Good morning. Morning. Yes. Morning. Okay, now the Penang government is currently studying a proposal to make the state free of cigarette smoke with a view of making it a reality in the next five years. They would first have to identify the designated smoking zones before the ruling can be implemented, possibly within, well, the next five years. So, do you think this is a reality that can come about? <laughs> the whole island, huh? <laughs> the whole yeah. island. The whole island. Yeah, it oh seems like, God. you know, um, this <laughs> execution is fizzling away, uh, even you know, like on the mainland. It's a hard for us to even execute the, the smoking ban at restaurants. So how's Penang going to do this? Well, I think it's an easy question to answer since we're not smokers here. <laughs> I mean, I, I would love mm. to go to Penang more often now. I mean, if, if you know, in the next five years, it's be a totally non-smoking zone. Yeah. But in terms of implementation, I'm not sure whether that's actually um, feasible because... Yeah, like you said, you know, even here at cafes and restaurants and all that, people have to actually smoke on the five-foot way, yeah? So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know whether this is actually practical. But then again, having said that, it is, <laughs> you know, implementable, yeah. if you ask me. I yeah. would agree that it's implementable because I think the direction that the health minister has taken, the political will, he doesn't care that they lost votes in the by-election. People are saying because of the smoking bans. I think they have to do it because the economic cost is nothing compared to the health costs. True. So with political will, they can implement it trickly. And I think they must for mm. a better, healthier nation. I think we have mm. seen many countries, like for example, even the US, yeah. 50 states or 30 states yeah. are smoke-free. Yeah. Right. And it's been really successful. Okay. So I think they should follow how they yeah. implement things. They learn how to do it. Yeah. How yeah. will this affect the economy though? Okay, You, you tell me. I did some research. I've seen some figures. Apparently, the economic cost has not been that bad over a period of time. Immediate mm. effect, yes. But you must understand that the... Okay, for example, uh, and do you, do you choose a destination where there is uh, no smoking zone or no smoking nation, no smoking place or a smoking nation? I don't think we look at that. Yeah. We just pick a destination for other reasons. Yeah, exactly. So tourism, I don't think we affected. Yeah, but when it comes to hotel rooms, yeah, I'll pick a yeah. non-smoking floor exactly. and a but, non-smoking you know, seeing space. seeing as that uh, taxes restaurant. are collected for, yeah. you know, the cigarette products, mm-hmm. so, you know, how will this then affect okay. the economy but, on but that? That is one that? thing, you know, taxes collected from cigarette taxes. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's for cig- from sale of yeah. cigarettes. So, yeah, I mean, of course, there's a huge income there. I tried to look for the exact figure, but mm. no, I perhaps Parkeran can provide. But I know that 5 billion ringgit is spent on healthcare alone because of uh, cigarette-related yeah. cigarette related. illnesses like yeah. cancer, for example, you know. So, that's a lot of money. So, if you expect to earn tax, $1 that you earn from cigarette taxes, for example, you're going to spend like 25 bucks on you know, um, yeah, healthcare. And, and, and it's growing. It, it is growing. Yeah. That's only a figure that she's mentioning, probably yeah. a conservative figure. Uh-uh. You, you have, for example, globally 942 million men are smokers mm. and half of them apparently die because of cigarette. Wow. I mean, these yeah. are not proven statistics, exactly. but I think believable exactly. stuff we have yeah, And you're spending billions on healthcare. So why, not it's, it's here, a trade-off. I mean, you, you, yeah. you yeah. cut down on smokers, you save on health care. Yeah. So mm-hmm. works, but I think, I think you should stop earning taxes from cigarette sales. Right. Yeah. Called the mm. sin taxes. Exactly. Yes. Well, coming up, uh, fake degrees. This is definitely a worrying trend here in Malaysia. We'll be looking at that next here on Light. 
on front page with me this morning, veteran journalists Parkran Krishnan and Anne Edwards. Now, let's take a look at the story that broke yesterday. Fake degrees, a worrying trend in Malaysia. An estimated one in 20 potential hires in Malaysia has a fake mm. qualification, while one in 10 has credentials from unaccredited institutions. This is what a corporate fraud investigation agency found. I mean, is this an accreditation issue or is it an awareness issue or is it an epidemic of moral decay that we're just, you know, uncovering, especially we, lately? It's not... I think uh, all three. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would say not awareness because everyone is aware that, that yeah. this is happening. I mean, you yourself, deep inside, you must I be aware what you're doing. Accreditation. Accreditation is not... No, you can't yeah, blame them. You no, can't blame them. You can't blame them. Yeah. They, they have lists, but yeah. uh, not all the lists are... Exactly. You, you can exactly. get some degree from a yeah, totally yeah. irrelevant further, unaccredited you college further to find out you yeah. know is this accredited especially so it's, if it's not known it's for you to find out <laughs> yeah, before right. you start thing and then, but but i think it's basically on the moral decadence and also the the get rich quick mentality mm-hmm. uh, starts from there everything malaysians wants everything fast they don't want to struggle <laughs> for it, yeah. they don't work for it and why because of culture of reverence yeah the mm, people and, and the organizations look up upon you oh you have this degree or doctorate they don't care where you There's got it from. So much you have a doctorship. They don't care where yeah. you get it from. Yeah, exactly. You know? So much importance paid on, you know, like what is your qualification, especially these days. Mm-hmm. I mean, those days, of course, we, we can only count the number of public universities and private universities. And hence, we don't really worry. I mean, I, I don't go into like, say, University of Bangsan and, and, mm-hmm. and ask myself, you know, is it accredited and all that. I mean, this is a public university. Right. And you can study until PhD and all that. And you know that it's safe and everything, right. you know. But yeah. in this day and age where anything can be looked up and checked and double-checked, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, do exactly. people not realize that, hey, this is maybe not the way to go? La? Yeah, and having said that, Malaysia actually is the worst in due diligence. That's sense, actually, yeah. yeah, that's actually reported. Mm-hmm. And I read that. And so companies also have to do their parts when they hire to check, yeah, to like, double check. Like you said, they have they have that. easy access to uh. all this checking. And, and the other thing is the, the, the universities themselves, these fake degree mills, mm-hmm. they go after people. For example, I had mm. one university in the US, Nestor University or something like that, coming after me, calling me uh, every night, emailing me, wanting to sign me up for and a how much doctorate. Did it cost? <laughs> yeah, it, it was about twelve thousand ringgit. Mm. And I said I don't have time, you know, you know. And then they said, never mind, you can do it in six months. So you're telling me yeah, that I knew that a- anyone is wrong. can be a doctor. Yeah, anything, anything, uh, yeah. And I knew something is wrong, so yeah. I checked accreditation of that university in US. Mm. No, mm-hmm. I checked with our MQA. They said no, it's not in our mm-hmm. list. Mm-hmm. So that's what we have to do. We have to check and, and not just buy degrees. If you're buying, you knowingly yes. uh, mm. want to have that fake degree. Okay, well, mm. buyer beware. <laughs> don't buy your degrees. <laughs> yeah. Earn them, please. And also, the yeah. you'll feel better about and yourself. You know well, coming up, uh, let's take a look at the IPCMC. Our new IGP says that it should serve both cops and the public will look at that headline next here on Light. On front page with me this morning, I have veteran journalists Anne Edward and Parkerin Krishnan. Now, newly minted uh, Inspector General of Police, Abdul Hamid Badur, wants the Independent Police Complaints and Misconduct Commission, the IPCMC, to serve both the men in blue and the men on the street. He said, I support the government's wish to improve the image of the police, their welfare and effectiveness. Of course, the former IGP, Muhammad Fuziharun, was among those who objected to it. Now, 
now with regards to this, okay? When a police force does not want to be independently police themselves, does it not tell you all you need to know about the state of order and enforcement in the country? Exactly. So and that's a really good question. Is that a question or a statement? Sounds it's a really statement. Good. statement. <laughs> I just know. want to know that I'm right in, in observing this. But then again, to be fair, Fair, you know, like sometimes it's such a suspenseful uh, experience that when you do train a whole class or a workshop and all that, and then you 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 hand out these feedback forms, and then you go like, oh my god, I'm so suspense because people are going to be judging me and monitoring me and all that. Mm-hmm. So, but having said that, yeah, I mean, you serve the public, and hence this is really, really not only a great idea. I think it is definitely something that is valid and needs to be done. An independent body to increase the uh, professionalism and integrity of the police force. Now, let's go back to history first. It was mooted 13 years ago by one of the most credible chief justices yes. that we have had, mm-hmm. Tun Zaidin. 2005. And, uh, yeah, it mm. was like uh, 2006, yeah. And nothing came up because the then IGPs had opposed it vehemently. Yes. Right. Exactly. I remember Tansi Musa Hassan was totally mm. against it. Mm. So that did not take off because of these reasons. The, the current IGP has come up to support it. I think that's a good move mm-hmm. because he can lead. He's got many more years in the service and if all goes well Mm-mm. with the new government, I think he should show, help the new government show that the police force needs cleaning up. Let's face it, they can have their own police commission disciplinary board looking at yeah. cases. Yes. But yes. however it is done with so much integrity or whatever, there is an element of doubt because of the trust deficit yes. that we uh-huh. have with the police force uh-huh. yeah. we're all Malaysians so yeah. you need an independent yeah. body yeah. now yeah. Yeah. how will this be independent under whose purview will this fall well KDN or the Home Ministry uh, did announce that uh, they need the cooperation full cooperation from the police force to in order to do this but well cooperation is one thing but for them to be involved in that body is another and it has to be totally totally independent of um, anyone in the police force and of course in the government it has to be something sort of like a suhakam you know suranjaya ha asasi manusia which is totally independent you have to carefully appoint people to this panel in order to be totally independent i mean that's my well, take i'm not sure about suhakam because they <laughs> they are independent but there's no effect mechanism mm-hmm. to implement what they do but mm-hmm. this has to be like an ombudsman style yes. where he has the powers the, uh, it must be headed by a credible former judge mm-hmm. if any so we have to really <laughs> keyword credible <laughs> keyword, <laughs> keyword any. credible we have yeah. some super yeah. former senior civil servants mm-hmm. the top guys who are there and have a totally independent someone who's not been involved with the police force or who is not having relatives in the yes. police force. Yes. Totally so independent. And it, it should yeah. not come under any ministry. Mm. It should mm-hmm. be an independent parliament legislator. All right, do it. In <laughs> fact, um, <laughs> on the topic of corruption, according to Lim Kit Siang, mm. we still have a long way to go before we're free of it. We'll discuss that next here on Light. On front page with me this morning, veteran journalists Parkerin Krishnan and Anne Edwards. Now, Iskandar Putri MP Lim Kit Siang has reminded Malaysians that the country is still far from being back on the road to integrity despite the ongoing corruption trial of former Prime Minister Datuk Sri Najib Raza. In a statement, uh, the DAP veteran highlighted a couple of events over the weekend including remarks by former Dewan Rakyat Speaker Tan Sri Pandika Amin Mulia during the Sandakan by election campaign in Pulau Berhala. In fact, he had a lot to say about Pandika Amin Mulia. <laughs> to cut a very long story short, uh, where are we now where the fight against corruption in the country is currently? You mean the stage that we're in right now? Yeah. <laughs> where, where are no, we? I, I think, the battle, uh, well, yeah, 21 out of the 
100 election promises by the Pakatan government, I think the majority of it are all anti-corruption related. Mm. So that shows how much and a lot of work that they are doing and I mean in terms of policy and all that these are being churned out like almost daily so you know for us in the media I think it's a bit difficult to keep track but we do know that there's a whole long list of anti-corruption related laws and policy and what that is going to be passed even in parliament so that goes a long way to show how much fight is actually happening yeah Yeah. Yeah. despite the the slow path towards keeping their promises but their (laughs) battle against corruption has been really huge as what Mm -hmm. Anne said Mm -hmm. you see people being hauled up every other day and these are big fishes that escape the net Yes. Escape the Barisan net. As compared to before, so, yeah. again, we used so, uh, to see really small the, the major cleanup has started and it's being perceived as really. Uh, the ball is uh, rolled. Yeah, mm. very, very serious. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to roll. And actually, I've also heard from uh, people at civil service that there's more fear within yes. the survey staff. They, they mm-hmm. say everyone's watching. Yes. And, you know, some and ministers have openly yeah. said, yeah. 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 But I think what Kitsyang meant, I must say this, Kitsyang meant was that based on what the former leaders have been saying, for example, some of them said well, the 1MDB is a figment of imagination mm. of the then opposition. I mean, that's absolutely ridiculous. Mm. And if exposed and, and educated people say this, he thinks there's no hope. They're not changing. Mm-hmm. And what about the other aspect of the uh, past doctrine or whatever that corrupt Muslim is better than a non, a clean non-Muslim to rule I the country? So these are things yeah. that say shows yes. and once passed, I'm not coming to power again, mm-hmm. which is not Mm-mm. impossible. Yeah. Mm-mm. So what's going to happen? The way things are going. Yeah, corruption right. will be back to where it was. Well, yeah. the thing is, how far away are we from being corruption-free when civil servants themselves are grousing about the new government but fighting you, corruption? You can't really. I mean, I remember. I remember a long time ago, this is so, it's it's such an irony mm-hmm. to interview uh, Najib when he was, well, he was actually deputy prime minister at that time. And yeah. he said, the first thing he said was, I want a zero corrupted government, you know. And this is something, well, it's, and to me, I mean, of course, it was so rhetoric. So yeah. this is not something that we can <laughs> take seriously. Yeah. And, you know, throughout the years, after all that has happened, and now he's in, you know, he's in court and all that. So that goes to show how much seriousness is actually put onto the matter. I mean, it's yeah. sometimes it sounds so rhetoric, right. you know. Yes. It's like zero uh, corruption that right. is definitely See, impossible. The, the, the you point know? here now is like, uh, I think Barisan fell mainly because of corruption. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a trust of everything. Yeah. Yes. Everything yeah. had the, uh, the root of corruption. Oh. So now we have the power back. The people have the power back. So this is the time to show, hey, look, We'll vote you out if we mm-hmm. see any element, any traces of corruption. Yeah. There you go. And coming up, Penang has proposed a joint Singapore-Malaysia-UNESCO hawker culture bid. Is this a good idea? I don't know. We'll be discussing that <laughs> next. You're on light. On front page with me this morning are veteran journalists Anne Edwards and Parkerin Krishnan. Now, Penang State Government has proposed Singapore and Malaysia file a joint nomination to list a hawker culture under UNESCO, but the idea did not go down well with critics on both sides of the causeway. Penang Tourism, Arts, Culture and Heritage Committee Chairman Yo Soon Hin told the State Legislative Assembly that the move will increase the probability of the United Nations Cultural Agency to list the hawker culture of these two countries as an intangible cultural heritage. Now, the thing is, Singapore doesn't want us (laughs) to to ride on their coattails. They've said as much. And here we are. I mean... 
We've been culinary nemesis for so long, mm. and it doesn't look like this bitter rivalry will end anytime mm. soon. Mm. It's a bit much for Mr. Yeo to even suggest working Another together, toy. right? <laughs> Another toy. For a joint UNESCO listing. Mm. What's this about? Well, uh, is this about marketing? Actually, it's obviously about marketing because Singaporeans, they really welcome this move. Why? Because they are trying to uphold this hawker culture that is one and they want to sustain it so i would think that this will go a long way for them to do that and you know it's all about the money as well yeah tourism know, dollars so, yeah tourism dollars exactly yeah but i, I see a kiasu battle here <laughs> <laughs> so do i <laughs> <laughs> the point is okay the benefits are there world heritage yeah. you, know, mm-hmm. you get money you get recognition you get protection blah 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 a lot <laughs> for god's sake is that all that matters mm. right now i mean yeah. i mean do you choose mm. destinations heritage destinations when you choose your destination to go for a holiday mm. i don't most don't mm. unless it's some specific building or what why, why don't we focus on cleanliness which is a big question now in malaysia the the food handlers the, the, the toilets the, the toilets yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> things things to high heaven yeah. <laughs> uh, virtually so i think they're missing the point yeah. these are yeah. the things that should focus on yeah. make it clean and people mm-hmm. will come there even if there's no heritage listing well, they'll be the there thing. for the quality uh, i don't get uh, how significant it is to be on this unesco list i mean can we not simply just rise above it knowing that our food is better simply <laughs> 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 is and at the end of the day i guess you know marketing comes into play mm-hmm. uh, singapore mm-hmm. is great at marketing their yes. tourism their food everything that they've done seems to put them on the world map uh, th- maybe this is something malaysia needs to buck up on yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the marketing be a great salesman i mean that's how us survives anyway and singapore is going that way of course mm-hmm. so malaysia has to do something along those lines but to actually jump on the bandwagon for this <laughs> <laughs> i think you I'm need really need to look at yourself yeah, yeah look at yeah. yeah, it yeah the westerners they come here the tourists they ask a lot of questions on the cleanliness yes. so how do you guys sit down in this kind of hawker centers and eat <laughs> how do you walk into exactly. a toilet and pee <laughs> yeah. yeah and you see what happens in the you know at the cookery area you know so yeah, yeah it's so it's something it's somehow all, all yeah. going for more uh, form than substance oh. i think mm. that's the basic they should change mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right well and uh, parker and thank you so much for joining us this morning on front page Thanks you are most us. welcome <laughs> my pleasure thank you so much